Welcome to Rebel Radio, the place to be for emerging entrepreneurs who are hungry for impact and doing business their own way. I'm Cindy Van Arnhem, your rebellious leader for the healers and coaches willing to do what it takes to unlock their limitless potential through the power of self-mastery. The key to claiming your potential, trusting your wisdom, and creating infinite possibility in your world. Welcome to Rebel Radio. I'm so excited for today's conversation. I have Dr. Andrea Liner on today, and she is a clinical psychologist with Flex Psychology, and I'm so excited to dive into today's conversation. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you so much. So tell me just a little bit about your background and who you are and how you got here and all those pieces. Yeah, so um, I, like Cindy said, I'm a licensed clinical psychologist in Denver, Colorado. Um, I got here kind of a roundabout way, um, decided in college that to kind of shift my focus because I liked psychology. I was liking my psych classes, my human biology classes, stuff about the brain, human behavior. Um, so instead of being pre-dental, which I started as, um, decided to pivot and ended up um, going straight from college into a doctoral program at George Washington University, learning how to be a clinical psychologist, primarily doing therapy. Um, and while I was in training, I did most of my um, training sites at university counseling centers. So a lot of college age and early 20s grad students uh, kind of found that I had this passion for people who are in life transitions, because um, that's just one of the most transitional times in life. Um, transition, you know, from childhood to adulthood, from student to professional, from, you know, in so many ways, um, mm -hmm. geographically, people are moving, relationships are shifting. So um, found that I kind of had a passion for that, partially because I was going through it at the same time. Right. Um, there's a big complaint kind of that, you know, every generation has, I'm sure, but, you know, the older ones don't get it and I want to see someone who gets it. So I figured I had a little niche there. Um, you know, I'm a millennial. I'll help you as a millennial with your millennial problems. And nice. Yeah. So when I graduated, I moved back home to my hometown of Denver, um, opened up my practice, called it Flux Psychology because... I help people who are in flux. I love it. I love the name. And I love how you brought up that because you were in it in that time that you could see how you could help others. And we often do that. We help people with what we're going through at that time, right? Mm -hmm. I love that. So who are you? I mean, you're most motivated to serve the millennials, but is there a specific person that you just like really resonate with that you're really motivated to serve? Yeah. Um, I never know the right wording for this, and that's where sometimes coaches like you can come in handy. Um, but kind of that high achieving, like very introspective, reflective people who are motivated to learn more about themselves, who are open to kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly of it, who want to understand themselves better, to better function in their relationships in particular. Um, so I end up seeing a lot of people as they are going through breakups or as they are reemerging in the dating scene or um, about to get married. Um, a lot of the flux that I deal with are people in flux in relationship terms. So mm -hmm. um, 
it has to be someone who wants to be doing the work. That's why I never really liked when I did like court mandated um, therapy. Right. Forced to be there and not right. wanting to talk about it. Yeah. Because self-transformation, I mean, there's just such a mental component and mindset component of it. And mm -hmm. if you if you don't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. So yeah, it's that old expression. You can't help those who aren't willing to help themselves. Right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So the way I see the terminology self-mastery is kind of like the word success. Everybody has a different definition. So what yeah. does self-mastery mean to you? So thinking about this a lot, um, and one of the things I love about my field is that there are so many complementary fields that talk about the same thing in different language. Mm -hmm. So um, like I was talking to someone who does a lot of manifestation stuff and like really just different words for kind of coaching your unconscious to be doing things, right? Yeah. Um, so self-mastery, I kind of think of it in term, in the way I think about self-identity, because I think having a really firm idea of who you are, what you stand for, what you want out of life is so key to that. It's like the main building block of who you are, the confidence to do what you want to do. So I kind of see it um, congruent with identity. And the way I think of identity is when your values and your actions are in line with each other. And those are aligned. Mm, so good. I'm goosebumps. I love that. Yeah. And you're so speaking my language because that is how I serve my clients is by showing them who they are, how they show up in the world and how to master their emotions, which is the yeah. self-mastery piece, right? Yeah. Yes. I love that. I love that. So how has self-mastery supported you as an entrepreneur? Oof. So, <laughs> well, it's about being an entrepreneur because it's so funny. Entrepreneur is such an interesting self-identity to ascribe mm. to. And it's not one that I ever picked for myself. Like, I didn't go into grad school to learn to be a clinical psychologist because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a therapist. And the entrepreneur kind of just goes along with the territory, fortunately and unfortunately sometimes. So <laughs> I've had to get really clear on just what it is that I'm good at, what I, how I can serve people, who I can serve, what that looks like, what my boundaries are around that. Um, you know, being your own boss sounds really great and flexible, but it also means that, well, if someone wants a midnight appointment and I don't tell them no, <laughs> night appointment. So, um, so learning kind of boundaries has been a big part of that as well. And, and making sure that, you know, like I said, values and actions aligning and if I'm noticing that my actions aren't matching my values, is it the action that needs to change or is it the value that needs to change? I'm doing mm, I love that. that. Yeah. Permission to be able to change either one, depending on how you feel, right? Exactly. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I check in with my values like every quarter because they change a lot. Right. And I think people beat themselves up a lot when their actions mm. aren't matching their values. And so they try to force their actions. And sometimes it's, well, maybe that's just not as important to you as you thought it was. Oh my God. That's so true. I tell this story to my clients all the time is for the longest time, my top three values were playfulness, freedom, and adventure. And I was trying to force myself to go to the gym. Well, that doesn't fit those three values at all. It's like trying to put me in a box. And then all of a sudden I went through a growth period and my values shifted to self-mastery, leadership, and abundance. And all of a sudden I was inspired to go to the gym. Huh, crazy. <laughs> My body was just like, uh-uh, we're not doing this. I want to go play. If I would go hiking or go to the beach, it was fine. And I could exercise in that way. But put me in a box, mm -mm, the freedom 
thing, I was like, no, 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 this isn't going to work for me. But the moment self-mastery came in, I went to the gym. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. I, and it's so funny. I mean, you're rebel radio, but I always talk about how sometimes we're, we rebel against ourselves. Oh, we yes. rebel <laughs> against our, you know, our subconscious. We rebel against our family values. We rebel against, you know, Absolutely. I mean, simple concept, right? As soon as you tell someone don't do something, they want to do it. If you tell do not them, push the red button. Exactly. Or like, go be a lawyer. And they're like, well, now I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> Reverse psychology. <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about the difference between self-mastery and self-dominance, self-control. Because I feel like we're kind of going down that path right now with trying to force ourselves to do things that aren't in alignment with our values. So with self-mastery and self-control, what do you see the difference to be there? The best analogy I have for that is kind of the difference between working hard and working smart. Ah, my hashtag, work smart, not hard. <laughs> I didn't even put that together until just now, and I have seen you do that. That's that's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I talk to my clients about this all the time. Like the example I love to give is when I took organic chemistry in college, which was terrible, and one of the reasons I was like, never mind on the biology degree. But I remember there was this girl in one of my lab sections, and she would take these color coded notes that with in a binder with tabs, and like it just it was like the most intimidating thing ever. And I would always see her before the exams, like flipping through it, and I was like, oh well, I didn't work as hard as her clearly. Mm. And then we our grades back, and I would maybe do similar or better. And this idea of like are you trying to put energy somewhere where it's not being utilized? Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes back to values too. Like, is your value feeling like you have something to show for your hard work or feeling like you actually have worked hard? So mm. it's self mastery. It's, Hey, this thing's important to me. This thing's important to me. I would like to go about it in this way that feels the most aligned for me. So I'm going to then work on the discipline to keep going down that path yes. as opposed to, well, I kind of like this and I think I want to do this. And I've heard that the best way to do that is to set my alarm for 5 a.m. every morning and do this and do this and do this. And I'm just, I guess I'm going to do that because that's what I'm being told to do. Right. Because everybody else tells you that that's the right way to do it. Yeah. And it comes back to that self-identity, knowing who you are and how you show up in the world, because some people thrive on being that organized. Yes. I know I like being, I'm not quite that color coded, but I like to have things all in its place. But then other people are like, oh my God, kill me now. I do not want that. Right. <laughs> I've got clients who, and I speak about numerology all the time as a ruling number four, I am that structured, organized, everything in its place person. And then I've got ruling number five clients who are like, I'm a hummingbird. <laughs> the place, but it works for them. And so understanding your own personality and what works for you rather than comparing yourself to outside circumstances. Ooh, and comparison is just the root of so many problems, right? Because in that example, right, a hummingbird is not going to benefit from the same structure as right. who needs that, right? Yeah. You can't give a hummingbird a Trello board and expect them to use it. It's not going to happen. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And I think that's kind of where self-mastery comes in. If you know yourself, mm -hmm. if you are very confident and rooted in this is who I am, these are my values, this is how I operate at my best, then the strategy can follow that. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And the strategy is great once you know who you are. If yes. you put, try to implement the strategy first, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Like Absolutely. I'll have clients come in and they procrastinate or they're disorganized or whatever. And they, you know, first session, they're like, so what do I do? <laughs> and then I kind of have to give a whole little speech on how therapy actually works and how I'm not going to tell you what to do. But um, <laughs> that even if I could, like what works for me might not work for you. Like tell mm -hmm. me more about how you process information. When have you been the most successful in the past? When have you been the most stressed out in the past? Did those occur at the same time or different? Mm -hmm. I love that. So what is one truth that you wish every entrepreneur knew? Ooh. No one knows what they're doing 100%. Oh, mic drop. <laughs> we might look like we've got it all together, but we don't know nothing. <laughs> well, no. No. So much happens on the fly. Like... Yes. You become an entrepreneur because you have a passion about a service or a product or, you know, some kind of protocol. You don't become an entrepreneur because of the business part. A lot no. of At least in heart-centered. Yes, absolutely. I certainly didn't become an entrepreneur because I wanted to be a business owner. I became an entrepreneur because I'm unemployable. <laughs> and I I always think I can do things differently and, and in other ways than the boss could. And I would butt heads with them. And so I'm like, I'm just going to go do it on my own then. Oh, and it worked better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what is one thing you've discovered about yourself on your journey of self-mastery? I have learned a lot of things about myself. Um, one is that it I'm not very good at staying accountable to myself. I still need to seek out external accountability mm -hmm. uh, because I'm very I'm a very lenient boss to myself and <laughs> I need a little more structure. Um, so that's a big one. Um, but mostly I think I've learned that you don't have to have it all figured out to start making impact. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that because, you know, I even when I first started on my entrepreneurial path, I was like always seeking, always trying to make things work. And then somebody would just send a message to be like, oh my God, your Facebook Live today was really profound. And I was, oh, I don't even remember what I said, but I knew that I had impact in that moment. I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I, I think the, the values and action thing applies at, to your entrepreneurial identity as well. Like I, I kissed a lot of frogs before finding like kind of some of the marketing tools that worked for me that didn't feel icky or that didn't mm -hmm. our ethics code or whatever it might be. And I think for a while I was trying to fit a mold that didn't feel right to me mm -hmm. and it didn't work. Yeah. Create your own mold. Yeah. That's what Rebel Radio is all about. That's right. That's right. There's no one size fits all. Exactly. So there's a lot of chaos in the world right now. If you could share anything with our listeners about current events, what would you share? Uh, just one thing, Cindy. Yeah. I'm uh, really good at making you be in a box. You can share two things. It's fine. I'll, I'll let you break box. the rules. The big one is gray area. And what I mean by that is we are in a polar opposite extreme kind of time. And it's interesting because various psychological theories talk about this. Like there's um, 
this concept called, there's the paranoid schizoid position and then the depressive position. This is from Melanie Klein, old school psychoanalyst, if anyone wants to do some Googling. Um, <laughs> yeah, is the paranoid schizoid position is kind of where you start as a baby, like before you're mature, before you get a real grasp on the world. And that's where everything is either this or it's that. You're either mm -hmm. or you're bad, you're just or you're unfair, you're, you know, it's black or it's white. Right. And as you grow, and learn, you move into what's called the depressive position. I'm not exactly sure why it's called that, but it's a little depressing, I guess, to recognize that, you know, there's bad and good, there's good and bad, you know, regardless how you feel about political leaders, let's say, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day, you know, it's, you can't just, you can't just say, oh, everything that person does is bad. You know, you mm. to be able to use that critical thinking piece and find some middle ground. Right. Um, and I think if, if everyone could just kind of approach the middle from the extremes, we'd be in a much better position. But you know, when we're feeling that less mature, more anxious, stressed out, trauma kind of mindset, mm -hmm. our brain, it gets too complicated. Our brain doesn't want to waste the energy on integrating together. It just wants to look at this or this. Right. Absolutely. So I know many of us have tools to help people navigate how to do that and how to find comfort in that gray area and in that unknown. Is there something that you, you can share to our listeners really quickly that would help them navigate that? Yeah, I think the way it comes up for me mostly in my work is interpersonally. So, you know, viewing your ex as a monster or, you know, deciding how to come to terms with um, your alcoholic parent or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And something that an old um, supervisor of mine taught me in grad school that really stuck with me is try to think about everybody in three roles. Try to think of them as the victim, the villain, and the hero. Tell the, the story. The drama triangle. Yeah, exactly. So tell the story from all three positions and inevitably you have to integrate because if someone, how can someone be a villain and a victim? How can someone be a victim and a hero? So if you're, if you can kind of try to look at those different perspectives, you'll naturally come to some gray. I love that, and it's so funny how like, I'm not an educated clinical psychologist, but I teach the same thing, which is yeah. really cool. And one of my favorite exercises to teach is the ob objective observer exercise, where you tell the story from your point of view and you dramatize the fuck out of it. And then you tell the story as if you're an objective journalist and you just say, well, this happened and this happened and this happened and there's no emotion attached to it. And then you try to put yourself in the other person's shoes and tell it from their perspective. So I always talk about this road rage story. It was like, oh my God, that stupid asshole cut me off in traffic. And then the other perspective is, oh my God, my wife is having her first baby and she's gone to the hospital and I did, 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 did get there. And oh my God, I just cut that woman off and I feel terrible. And as soon as we are able to put ourselves in that other story, we're like, mm -hmm. oh, that poor guy, he's right. rushing to the hospital. And we can have some sort of compassion for the situation. Yes, empathy. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that was that. my second lesson for people is empathy. Yes, empathy yeah. and compassion. So important. Yeah. Everybody's going on, going through their own journey, and we don't know what's going on inside of their minds. Yeah. And we need to just have a little bit of compassion for that. Exactly. I get asked sometimes, like, how do I do my job? People telling me their problems all day long, or you know, sometimes I have clients who are the more difficult one in their relationships and that's why they found themselves 
seeking help and mm -hmm. what do you do when you don't like someone? And I'll say that doesn't end up being much of a factor because with the amount of background and context that I get on people prior to really diving into the work, like you kind of can't dislike someone when you understand where they're coming from and why they are the way they are. Yeah. yeah. It seems like it's so difficult. It's, well, they had no control in their childhood and so they're trying to control this. I can get that. Yeah. Oh, and then you can just see them for who they really are, right? I love that. Andrea, thank you so much for being a guest on Rebel Radio. Yeah. I just want to end this with one last question. Okay. What do you dream up for the world? The world. I I just dream of love taking the place of hate. I think we've gone way too far to one end of the spectrum and we've got to find our way back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Rebel Radio. If you feel so inspired or you think that this can help somebody else land into a sense of self-mastery so that they can understand their own limitless power as well, please share this out, point them in the right direction, and help out another beautiful soul. I will see you next week.